Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Nave, and I'm here with my dog, Molly. Say hi, little girl. Oh yeah, she's uh, she's dumb, and she doesn't know words too good. So, anyway, you may be wondering where my co-host, Philip, is. Well, we've got a special announcement for the podcast. Life-changing events have happened to Philip. No, he wasn't in a tragic uh, Air Force plane-related accident. He has found... I feel like I just put some really negative energy out there into the universe. I'm sorry, Philip. But he has just had a child. 7-Eleven on a Monday. Pretty easy uh, day to remember. That's slushy day at 7-Eleven, Philip has informed me. So they've always got something to do on that date. But uh, they've had a child. Him and his wonderful wife, Jana. And we are very happy for him. And so... In honor of Philip and this momentous occasion for his family, we're giving him a little bit of time off, and I'm going to have a solo, kind of, by-the-seat-of-your-pants Q&A session. I am so incredibly nervous. I don't know if you can tell, but I am shaking in my boxers. Also, since I'm by myself, I decided to not get dressed, so that's going to be a mental image that you guys are going to just have to carry with you. For the 45 minutes to an hour that this takes, that might be a pretty conservative estimate, but uh, let's see what happens. I am freaking out over here. Anyway, their child. That's what we're talking about. His name is Arthur. Artie for short, I have been informed. So they've already got the nickname. And uh, everything's going well. We've been keeping communication. They're out of the hospital, and uh, hopefully Philip will be able to come back next week and talk about that. I'm sure uh, he's going to have a lot of pleasant things to say to all of you who have come to congratulate him. And speaking of that, congratulations are in order. I've gone behind Philip's back and requested a handful of people to write in and see or write in and tell Philip how they feel about this momentous occasion. Um, I don't know if you guys can tell, but there's going to be like no editing. I'm not asking Philip to do anything. So if there's any intro music, if there's any break music or anything, that was all Philip because he was listening to this and decided that I do a bad job. So thanks for that, Philip, if you're listening and that happened. But yes, congratulations are in order. So, Ben from Play Along Podcast says, congrats to Philip and the family. Chris from One Hour One Decision says, congrats to Philip, not to you, Nave. Defcon, one of our personal friends, says, congratulations, I'm happy for both of you. And you guys will make great parents. Ryan from Listoff says, big congrats to Philip. Dillip from Offshore Gamecast says, hey, congrats, Philip. Melissa says, congratulations to Philip and Jana for adding a new member to their loving family, wishing them health and happiness as they embark on this new adventure. Nick from the Friday Night Gamecast says, congratulations on bringing a new fledgling co-op gamer into the world. Poggers, GG, all that. I'm sure you're going to be very busy with making sure they get acquainted with controller layouts and making sure they have enough gamer fuel to prep them for the MLG. In all seriousness, I... I'm hoping you and your partner can get enough sleep and relaxation where you can, sending warm thoughts your way. Bill from Gaming Collecting Podcast says, Hey, Philip, congrats. Flower, pe flower Petal 
I am sorry. Flower Petal says, sends Philip my congratulations. Our personal friend Caleb says, I'm sorry for falling out of contact, and I don't know when I'll be able to talk consistently, but I'm happy for him and for his family. Jared from Play Along says, first, first of all, congrats to Philip and the new baby. I wish the best for you and your welcoming and your family welcoming another child into the world. Oh, Lord. There's no editing, so it makes everything even more stressful. A lot of, lot of pressure on my, on, my, on my feet. Don't know why it's my feet. But Morgan from the Intergalactic Pinecone, last but not least, says, Hey, Philip, it's me, Morgan. Congratulations on the birth of your brand new child. Very happy for you, man. I'm currently sending much love from outer space directly to you and your family. Try to channel, channel old Morgan and his awesome way of speaking. And uh, Morgan did have COVID, so we're praying for you, buddy. But I think he is better now. Speaking of knowledge that I randomly have, I don't know if I was speaking of anything. But I've been on a lot of uh, different podcasts recently. So I thought I would shout them all out. A bunch of little guest appearances, some little collaborations. You know, here at Gaming Together, we love to podcast together as well. I wrote Gerst appearances in my notes, so that's going to bother me for the rest of my life. But Morgan from the Intergalactic Pinecone, that very last write-in, he said, or he said, God, when I say write-in, I always want to say that. But I was on his show, which is interesting because he does a live stream podcast, and I've never done anything live before. In fact, doing that live stream podcast, Morgan, has greatly encouraged me to do this solo episode. I was a lot more nervous before that. But I was on his episode or I was on an episode of his talking about Xbox. Now I'm not sure if that one's going to be out. I think he releases on Mondays. We release on Friday. So it'll be a few days from now, but keep an eye out for that. The Intergalactic Pinecast. I was also on Game Positive with Eric. We talked about Game Pass and how it affects our buying habits. Remember 64 is a Nintendo 64, as you may have guessed, centered podcast. It's relatively new, but better than us, somehow. We talk about Torok, of course. And uh, that will be episode 11, or level 11, as he likes to call it. Co-op mode, episode 92. Talk with the boys over there about game delays. And you will be surprised what games I enjoyed that were delayed. Or would you? Honestly. I have bad video game taste. So if you said Duke Nukem Forever, you would probably be right. But you're going to have to go over there and listen. Go give them your time. A Random Gamer's Corner. We talk about Saints Row 4. That was an interesting situation because I had to use Discord on my phone. So that entire episode, I'm talking into my phone as if I'm in a phone call. And it shows, unfortunately. I'm very sad. But hopefully next time I'm over there... We will have the whole situation sorted out. But that is a very fun episode with Chase from Game uh, Play Cube Gamecast. Oh, his podcast his podcast name is a tongue twister, but also a brain twister because you want to autocorrect, just like Google does in this Google Doc. Oh, uh, speaking of that, uh, on the Remember 64 episode, my webcam was my microphone on that one, too. So th- just be aware of those two things. <laughs> but uh, I am very enthusiastic, so it's not that big of a deal. We were also on, or I was also on, AudioPong. We talk about the Great Reset, which has nothing to do with video games, come to find out. And you will just 
be <laughs> be shocked at how little of an intellectual I truly am. I try my hardest, though. I, I, I try my heart out. This audio pong episode and also the co-op mode have video elements to it as well. So if you want to see me, my dog, my shitty dingy apartment, that's the best way to do it. Also, Friday Night Gamers, I was on episode 8 talking about villains. So I think that's all of it. Not all of the episodes that I was on, but all the ones that I've relatively recently been on that I can say that I don't think I've mentioned on the podcast yet. Just take a little sip of, sip of Monster Energy drink really quick. A little ASMR for everybody. Mmm. Ah, it's so bad for me. Delicious. Oh, sugary, syrupy water. Alright. Let's move on to some games that I'm playing. Playing a game called Omori, which is a JRPG. An old school one, with a beautiful art style, amazing uh, soundtrack, and, you know, sound effects. I don't know how else to describe it. This game is put together really well. It is on Game Pass recently. I think multiple times I have mentioned this game being a day one on Game Pass. I don't think that's true. I think the source of that is I made it the fuck up. But Omori is a very awesome game that has been living in my head rent-free for about a week now. And I would feel bad not talking about it. In fact, I wasn't even going to include the games that I've been playing because, you know, Philip's not here. It's a little sad, a little empty, a little lonely in here. want to have someone to bounce off of. But I have to talk about Omori. This game is something special. Now, if you like Japanese role-playing games, then you're going to love this kind of game. It's very similar to Earthbound with, like, the setup the dynamics, a lot of weird things going on. But I have to give you a warning that this game covers a lot of serious topics. It is very similar to a rug pull like Doki Doki Literature Club. If you're familiar with that visual novel series, or just that one game, I guess, it's not exactly the same. In fact, I think this game is a lot better than Doki Doki Literature Club. But Doki Doki is more of a satire on the visual novel genre and the slice of life harem kind of dating simulator thing whereas this game is a tale about loss about grief it's about separation anxiety it's about nostalgia it's about the good old days and uh it's brought tears to my eyes quite a few times but if those things are hard for you then this game is probably going to be hard for you. So keep that in mind as you're playing. It is a, it is one of the funniest, most adorable games I've played in a very long time, and it's so endearing and charming that whenever the bad things happen, and I know they're coming, it is still a very satisfying experience, and it's cathartic, especially for me. Ah, on, a, on a different note, let's uh, flip that page. And uh, put that book back on the shelf. I don't like that book. 
Let's talk about DJ Max Respect V, Respect 5. This is, uh, I don't know if it's 5 or V. Don't know how many of these there are. But this is a rhythm game. Very Japanese. Very, very Japanese. Reminiscent of Dance Dance Revolution. This game is very, very fun. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. It has keyboard support, which is very interesting. There are multiple different difficulty levels, but on top of that, you can go to four-button mode, six-button mode, five-button mode, eight-button mode. There's a lot of button modes. You can play it on your controller, but do you want arthritis? Do you want carpal tunnel? Are you a daft, dumb idiot? No. Plug your keyboard in. You buffoon. You invalid. Okay, I'm going to start hurting people's feelings. I'm sorry. I got angry at this hypothetical invisible person that I'm talking to now. You have to plug your keyboard in to play this game. You don't have to. Highly recommended. Improves the experience dramatically. This game is very fun. If you're familiar with League of Legends, there are two songs from the League of Legends catalog. There is no pentakill, unfortunately. But you do get to play the jinxed song with the music video in the background and also the divas song uh i can't remember the name but i'm sure everyone who's familiar with league of legends knows the name anyways pop stars that's it and i highly recommend that second one because this is very fun to play the game is online up to seven player multiplayer looks very reminiscent of tetris 99 where you have a bunch of tiny little screens all playing simultaneously. It is very fun. I highly recommend it. Also on Game Pass. I've also been playing Conker's Bad Fur Day. Now, remember 64 has really gotten me into the mood of this ye old uh, style of game. Really loved revisiting Torok for the 170th 3,600th time. I'm sure that's a real number. Conker's Bad Fur Day is a game I never got to experience as a child, but it is on Rare Replay. So this game is technically also on Game Pass, but I have long since purchased Rare Replay before I knew how, before I knew the gospel of what Game Pass was. This game is very vulgar. I did not expect that. It's vulgar in a very old way. In a very British way. It's very British. A lot of dry humor. A lot of poop humor. Just fought the great mighty poo. And uh, I have to say, I cannot stop pointing my finger at my dog when she shits in the floor. And go, ah. As I throw toilet paper right into her face. Conquer's Bad Fur Day is very interesting, but the game has not aged well. The controls, I mean. I mean, the, the, the humor's fine. The humor's fine. And I do get a, get a good chuckle out of it every now and then. I mean, some people might think this game hasn't aged well, but I don't really care about those kinds of things. I have a pretty funny uh, clip on Twitch where... <clears throat> Excuse me. Where I'm having a very, very hard time. I'm struggling trying to climb up a tower with a bunch of ropes, and I am struggling with the camera. This is back before they had figured all of that stuff out. So, something you should be aware of if you're going to go and revisit that game. But, 
I think I might recommend this game. And it's a classic for a reason. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Uh, moving on to uh, what did Nave buy? This segment is still here. Musings, M-U-S-Y-N-X, is a game that just released on Xbox for $3. It's a rhythm game, a Japanese rhythm game. It's very cheap and uh, very Vocaloid, but it is essentially the exact same game as DJ Max Respect V or 5 or whatever it is. So if you like that game, this is just more of it. A lot of songs here, surprisingly, for such a short entry fee. But that's all I really have to say about that. No multiplayer, it's all a single player, solitary experience. So, you can get your button presses in. Don't know if there's keyboard support, I've been playing this one on the controller, but it feels a little bit easier. So, a lot less multiple presses at the same time, which is the, that is the way to cramp your hand up. For sure. I've also bought a game called Fuga. Melodies of Steel. It's Fuga, Fuga, F-U-G-A, Melodies of Steel. And this game, if you are absolutely horrified of the furry community, of anthropomorphized animals, of human beings in animal suits, you might want to steer clear of this one. Now you may call me a furry for buying for buying this game, but I'm just I'm just gonna let you know, this is not for sexual pleasure. I'm playing this for the sadness, for the plot, you could say. This game is very cute looking. It looks like it is reminiscent of Advanced Wars or Fire Emblem. So if that perks your ears up, if that perks your uh, cat ears up into the air, like radar dishes. Maybe you should check this game out. Went on sale, maybe like five or six bucks off. It's about a $30, $40 game, but it looks very interesting. And I'm very excited to jump into it. A lot of the reviews on Xbox mention that it's a very sad boy game. And if anyone knows anything about me, besides that I'm loud and obnoxious, and that I'm likely to be publicly executed in the streets by a pit bull due to my job as a mailman, it is that I love my sad boy poetry. So I'm excited to have another reason to cry myself asleep at night. Just sob straight into my pillow. Alright. Patreon. If you would like to support us, this tiny little project of love that me and Philip have put so much time and effort into, just give us a write-in, just send us a message. But if you'd like to send us some moolah, head over to Patreon slash gaming together, I assume. I'm not sure. It's probably in the description somewhere. We are so lucky and thankful for the support we've gotten from all fronts the past year plus. <sighs> for our two Patreon subscribers, Morgan, Morgan, Morgan Remington. I tried to tried to put your two names together. Morgan Remington of the Intergalactic Pinecone and Intergalactic Pinecast. And our loyal supporter, Michael Phillips. 
I say to you guys, mm, it's not about the money. It's about sending a message. And then I light at least $10 on fire. Just, just trust me, bro. There's $10 on fire in the middle of my apartment complex now. If I have to leave because of the fire alarms, then it is your fault for giving me the money to do so. This is normally where the break would be. But, oh, it's only 20 minutes in. Wow, this is hard. This is hard. How do people do this? How do people podcast by themselves? Incredible. This is where the break would normally be. There's music here, then Philip took creative liberties. But just imagine. Just put whatever music you want in here. Go to Spotify. Turn on, uh, what is it? Separate Ways by Journey. That's going to be the song for this podcast, is Separate Ways, because me and Philip, we're no longer together for this week. I had a friend named Steven. We would always listen to that song, and he would talk about imagining he's driving to the airport. His ex-wife, his ex-girlfriend, is about to get on a plane, and he's got to stop her because he's still in love with her. The whole time we're driving in his car, just singing, Someday love will find you, bring no things that mind you. Yeah, that's... That's the stuff. Oh, speaking of nostalgia. Good lord. Haven't heard that song in years. Gotta go back. Anyway. The Q&A. This is definitely the episode where everyone realizes that Philip is actually the funny man. And I'm just loud. <laughs> good, good lord. Also, I genuinely am crazy. And I have ADHD. Philip keeps me on the rails somehow. We are in the Q&A segment. This is what everyone's waiting for. To hear me reply to their dumb, 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 stupid, dumb, 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 questions. I'm just joking. I love everyone. Liv from Between Two Gamers writes in. She says... Would you rather have feet for hands or hands for feet? Now, is this even a question? What, what are you doing? All right. Everybody knows the answer to this. Got to have hands for feet. Now, I'm a bachelor. Been alone for about a year now. Been working on my toe grabs. Been, you know, laying on the couch. Don't want to get up. Remotes on the ottoman in front of me. My dog's cuddling me. Don't want to disturb her. She's all I've got. So i got to stretch my leg out. Stretch it out. Ugh. Get that remote right between those toes. Bring it back. It feels like I'm reading fan fiction suddenly. And I don't like it. Speaking of horny. I guess having feet for hands, you could probably make money that way, couldn't you? My feet are disgusting looking. I have horrible hobo goblin feet. I look like a hobbit. I would not be able to make an OnlyFans with only only hands feet. 
All right, Ben from Play Along writes in and says, I want to know your take on the amount of remakes slash remasters we're going to see in gaming. At what point does it stop being about a new generation of gamers playing older games with modern updates and just becomes about the money? Well, this has been on my mind for a little while. I think it's on every, every gamer's mind, every modern gamer. It's been a question since the 360 era, really. When PlayStation 2 and Xbox original games were starting to get re-released in compilations, specifically on the Sony side. But Xbox has been doing it as well. It's on everyone's mind because of The Last of Us Part 1. Not a episode goes by where The Last of Us does not come up on this podcast out of my smelly, smelly mouth. Well, interestingly enough, uh, on the Game Positive with Eric and the Intergalactic Pinecast with Morgan, I talked to them about this very thing quite uh, stupidly, like an idiot. I was not very good at articulating my words, and I will not be able to do so here either. But I'll answer it here as well, because you asked. Um, My biggest fear with this entire remake, remaster situation is that we are kind of living in an age of nostalgia. We're kind of stuck in a, in a hamster wheel. We need to find something to shake up the gaming industry and knock us off of that loop that we're trapped in. It seems like rather than creating new experiences for a new generation to latch onto, we are trying to give the next generation of gamer our old experiences. But unfortunately, that's impossible. We're trying to show everyone... Hey, look, Halo 3 multiplayer is the best multiplayer in the universe, because that's how we remember it. All of these companies are going back to their peak and trying to rekindle their relationship with the gaming audience. Everyone who talks about Halo is talking about the Master Chief Collection. Whenever you talk about Naughty Dog, you want to talk about The Last of Us Part 1. Last of Us Part 2, a little too contentious. We're a little angy at that video game in particular. You either love it or you hate it. And it tears families apart. Tears them apart. Mario's got the 3D All-Stars. Look how amazing the Flood is. True innovation. Grand Theft Auto and Skyrim. Don't even get me started. Spit on them. Anyways. I forgot my point, trying to be funny to nobody here. The hardest part about this is that I'm realizing how badly I want the laugh. If Philip, Philip, if you're listening and you decide to edit this, which I don't want you to, because you need to spend time with your family, edit a laugh track in. (laughs) I don't want you to edit, but if you're going to edit, I want you to do a lot of work. Get a laugh track in here, just so that I feel better about myself. (laughs) <laughs> okay all right we gotta get out of here gotta gotta run
Chase from the PlayCube Gamecast. Please, if I'm getting your name wrong, crucify me in the streets, Chase. Because I always feel like I'm getting some of those words mixed around. He says, hmm, why haven't you guys covered the Clouch Clo-Up Couch Co-op Indie Classic Shoot 'em Up Waifu Discovered 2. Well, Chase, if I can even read your write-in, like a, th- a third grader could have read that. But I'm having a trouble. I was trying to do a voice. Waifu Discovered 2. There's the problem. I'm way too horny for that kind of punishment to be inflicted on Philip. Also, I have nobody to couch co-op with. Philip, on the other hand, has his daughters and his wife. Not sure if that's the experience that they want. Maybe uh, maybe it takes two. Or overcooked. But Wife You Discovered 2 may be a little too mm, risque for my baby boy. And Molly, she's into dogs. She is not cultured like we are with the two-dimensional whammon. Dale's. Dale? Oh no! I am falling apart. Dave from Tales of the Backlog. If two people play on one hand mode, is it a regular game? Speaking of horny mode, I'm just joking. But some of those Steam anime booby games, they do have the one-handed mode. I wonder why that exists. Maybe for co-op. This specifically reminds me of Overcooked, which I have already brought up once before. Probably just recently, but I forget. That game does have one-handed mode, where you can share one controller and control two characters, because that game only has two buttons, really. Maybe three. I would say it is co-op. In fact, I would say that that is, in itself, its own episode on a co-op podcast. That would be a very interesting episode to talk about. An experience like that. Nick from Friday Night Gamecast writes in and says, Phil Spencer is ousted as head of Xbox because he's made too many good decisions. Due to Bill Gates himself being a huge fan of your podcast, he chooses you, Nave Cornelius Gamer, to become the next CEO of Microsoft Game Studios. Your sole initiative is to make as many games gamers as mad as possible what do you do well first of all nick i don't know who told you my middle and last name and i don't know why you would dox me live on this recording the way you have done but i have to do negative damage or positive damage damage is inherently negative so negative damage is a double double negative i'm spiraling out of control I have to hurt Microsoft Game Studios. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is cancel 30% of the games. I'm going to scale-bound everything. I'm going to go out of my way to remain silent. I'm going to play a PlayStation and not talk about anything that we're doing besides canceling everything, of course. Everyone needs to know. I'm going to... (laughs) I guess I'm going to Sony again and make a bunch of free-to-play, microtransaction-ridden, battle pass, 
tied down progression games. Going to make a lot of Halo Infinites. Going to update them as little as possible. What else can I do? Going to raise the price of Xbox Game Pass by like 40% or whatever the fuck Nintendo did. What else can I learn? What did Sega do wrong? First of all, I'm going to have an I'm going to introduce a new anthropomorphic animal mascot so that we can enrage all of the fans because of the small minority of people who like to draw these kinds of characters in suggestive situations. I'm going to do that. Xbox is going to have well, I was going to say a hedgehog, but no, that won't do. How about a bird? Nobody has bird. Let's go with bird. Just bird. Whatever bird... The first one that popped up into your head. Mine was an ostrich. It's going to have the Xbox ostrich. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know what else I would do. A lot of those things seem pretty good. Oh! TV shows. We're a TV show company now, essentially. Already started with Halo. Already got a track record. Got a standard to live up to. Very low bar. That we're never going to go over. Gonna go under the bar. Like it's limbo. Not the indie darling. Alright. Ryan from Listoff says, If you had to pick one thing you like about the Yakuza games, what is it? I would say the writing. I know that's a pretty generic answer. I was, uh, everyone's kind of baited, waiting for bated breath for me to say Mr. Libido or something very funny. But I'm going to go with the umbrella term of the writing. Of which Mr. Libido is a part of. And also Mr. Masochist. The man with skin so tough that nothing penetrates it. Because he has been beaten so badly by his mommy that he can no longer feel pain. Everyone, please go play Yakuza 0 or Yakuza Like a Dragon. Two very wonderful... Or Judgment. Judgment's looking to be very good as well. Slowly working my way through that game as well. As well, as well, as well, as well, as well. Just get 18 times in a row. Right there. Make everybody mad. Where was I? Morgan from the Intergalactic Pinegone. Very popular in this episode. Regarding a more serious topic, who would win in a deathmatch? Legless Sonic the Hedgehog or Armless Crash Bandicoot? I'm imagining a Saw 1-like scenario, chained together in a room, and told that only one can leave. Thanks. Now, whenever I saw this, at first I was immediately, just instantly, Crash Bandicoot, obviously, right? But then I thought about it. Crash Bandicoot's primary attack is that tornado spin. Well, his arms are extended during that attack, which means that's the first thing that's going to... That's the thing that's doing the damage. He must have... He has fingers of plutonium. Atomic bombs at the end of those hands. Those things destroy everything. Wow! Armless Crash Bandicoot. That's a very interesting thing. But his secondary attack move is jumping on stuff. So I think it may still have to go to Crash. But now I'm thinking about Sonic punching. 
Sonic is not Knuckles. Knuckles is the one that's known for punching. Sonic's known for running fast and turning into a ball and slapping into people. Can Sonic turn into that ball without his legs? I don't know. Maybe. He'd probably have to go into the Dragon Ball Z Enter hyperbolic time chamber to train with his new center of gravity. But Sonic may be able to spin without his legs. Like a Beyblade on its side. Sonic also punches, doesn't he? I'm thinking about the old 3D fighter that had Sonic. I think it was just Sonic Fighters. Something like that. I even think I'm Dragon Ball Z too much now. But there is a Sonic fighting game. I'm trying to remember if Sonic punches in that. Because if so, maybe Crash has a run for his money. If Sonic can spin... And he punches just as hard as Knuckles, because I think everyone kind of did the same damage in that kind of game. I don't know. Now we're arguing about game mechanics as lore, which is not always a solid argument. <sighs> I'm going to have to choose, though. And I'm just going to have to go with... I think I talked myself into Sonic! Notorious Sonic hater says Sonic would beat Crash Bandicoot without his legs. I think Sonic would probably be able to spin without them. I don't know. But we can't talk about this anymore because the Sonic fanbase, we know the Sonic fanbase loves Sonic's feet. So we're really viscerally upsetting them. Just as I have viscerally upset everybody else by bringing his feet up. All right, we are 34 minutes in, and we are getting to Jared's handful of questions. I broke them up. Well, he broke them up, but I also broke them up. I'm going to go one at a time. Not a lot of them, but enough. Jared says, from the Play Along podcast, same podcast as Ben, if you had to become a father to any video game character who would it be? Now, the first thing I thought about was, boy, boy, boy. I've been practicing that boy from God of War. God of War Ragnarok's right around the corner. It's a pretty popular answer. Might be too obvious. So, boy, boy, boy. Nah, I don't think I can. I don't think I can surpass Kratos. I probably would be a better dad than Kratos, but boy's gonna learn how to fight, and maybe in the environment he's in that's better than I don't know learning about the band Carbomb and odd type signatures and music it's probably more useful to him so I have to be the father to any video game character hmm that's an interesting question I don't know how about I'm the father to what is uh, the prince's name in Katamari Damacy? I want to be his father. I want to be that huge dude with the beautiful face, immaculate facial hair, king of the cosmos. Katamari Damacy. That's who I want to be. So maybe it's not a hard question. It is interesting, though. Do I take their place? Do I just become them? Or is it just me? 
am I is my me and my shitty body my uh my okay facial hair I've been complimented but I am nowhere near the king of the cosmos no no that's not me I'm gonna imagine I just become him Kratos has a little bit too much baggage I'm angry enough as it is the king of the cosmos seems to have everything uh kind of figured out seems to have a pretty laissez-faire that's the wrong phrase but he's got a pretty laid-back lifestyle from what i've seen at least jared's next question is if you were to start the beautiful process of creating a family with a video game slash anime character who would it be man this these this episode is a little bit more horny than usual i think i'm learning something about myself but you guys are kind of i feel like you guys are uh, leading me into these questions Starting the process, creating a family with a video game character or an anime character. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna bring up anime because anime is a weird. Is is kind of weird because it, it's it's that meme where all the characters look very young, so you just don't know what age anyone is. So I'm not gonna touch that. Video game character though, huh? I need someone strong. Need somebody who can hold me in the night and tell me everything's okay. I need someone with mommy energy. Now, I would say, which a lot of people are probably already saying to their cell phones, their radios, their computers. I don't know why I said radios. Well, I guess you could be Bluetoothing through your phone, your, your car, huh? But mommy energy, obviously it's Lady Domitresque. But mm, I don't like pain. I don't like to be hurt. She looks like a biter. In fact, she is a biter. Spoiler alert. So I don't know if I'm okay with that. Um, let's see. I can't think of too many people. How about... Ah, uh, what is, uh... Nathan Drake's wife? Ah, uh, I can't remember her name. Nathan Drake's wife from Uncharted. I can hear him saying her name, but... Wow. This makes me sad. But Nathan Drake's wife, I think... Elena! Elena. Elena Drake. If uh, things don't work out between you two, which... You know, people played Uncharted 4, they've got some, they've got some issues. I'm here for you, Helena. I think that's going to be my answer. Speaking of babies, Jared writes. He wrote speaking of babies. How far do you think Yoshi could punt baby Mario? <sighs> well, pretty far. At least four or five football fields. And I think Yoshi has a lot of pent-up aggression from Yoshi's story. Or is it Yoshi's story or is it the Nintendo 64 game? It's the it's the one where you know everyone knows what I'm talking about, the Mario game where, wah, wah, that kind of thing going on. Yoshi can kick the air in a way that he does not. He defies gravity. That's pretty strong. That is some superhuman level of strength and control 
of your body. Yoshi only has feet as well. It's also got a very strong tongue, but little dumb little raptor arms. Useless. Does he have arms? Does Yoshi have arms? Does he look like Deadpool from the first movie where his stupid hand gets cut off? Write in, let me know. I don't know. I can't I can't imagine. I'm too busy. I got I got a lot of things in my mind now. I'm trying to focus on this question. Yoshi's gonna punt baby Mario really, really far. And Mario may or may not survive. Mario is a he's a resilient fella. He's been hit by a bullet bill. It's a lot of kinetic energy. Those things are very large. Even though they're moving slow. I don't know what the what the physics are of the planet that the Mushroom Kingdom is located in, but bullet bills are very large. And even as a baby, I think he's probably going to be fine. It's going to probably be like Hercules from, you know, the Disney movie. Zero to hero, just like that. Yeah, that Hercules movie. I can go the distance. I'll be there someday if I can be strong. Yeah, good stuff. I, I, I will just keep singing. This will just be 30 minutes of me singing Hercules music. If I don't stop now. So, Jared's last question. It is not his last question. It's the second to last question. If we somehow got another baby version of a Mario character, who would you want it to be? Baby Birdo. Does Baby Birdo exist? Is Baby Birdo exist? That's what I want to know. And if not, why not? I've said this before on another episode of some, maybe this uh, maybe this podcast, maybe another one, but is it really a Mario game if Birdo's not in it? The best Mario character design known to mankind, next to Waluigi. Wah! I don't know if that's Waluigi or Wario. It's just wah. Another baby version of a Mario character. Hmm... Is there a baby piranha plant? I don't know. What about a baby Bowser Jr.? <laughs> Does that exist? Or what's that guy from uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga? The I have fury! I have fury! Who did I just sound like just then? I have fury! Who is that? I don't know. It's not that guy, though. It's not him. I want that guy. The I have fury guy. From Superstar Saga, I want him. To, I want to see him as a baby. All right, ten baby-sized bees or one hundred bee-sized babies is the last question of the day, and it's a pretty simple one. I think a lot of people would agree with me. Uh, are these human babies? Because the moral implication is pretty grim for me. Going with a hundred bee-sized babies, and I don't know what that says about me as a human being, but. I, I think that's I think that's the, that's the play. This is for my survival. I have a lot that I want to accomplish. Those bee-sized babies, they're doomed, unless there is a tiny, microscopic human being circus in town. I mean, maybe. Do I have to fight them? He doesn't say I have to fight them. Huh. Well, now, because I was imagining, like Yakuza, I'm just gonna pick up a big table and just swat them. Just destroyed them, demolished them from existence. But he doesn't say anything. This isn't even a question. It's just, it's just a sentence fragment. It's not even a, there's not even a verb in here. 
10 baby-sized bees or 100 bee-sized babies. I think I just revealed something about myself. Immediately resulted to violence. Chose violence instantly. That's what happens when you drink too much monster energy drink and you play frustrating video games. You go straight to anger. If I had to keep them, I don't want 10 baby-sized bees. I don't know. Ten, well, the bees, animals don't have nearly as many rights as human beings. Now, if you see bee-sized babies, there would be some some lobby of people who would say that those are humans who deserve human rights. I think that's probably true, which means that I would have a harder time profiting off of their existence than I would with giant bees. I think I would pretty quickly find an organization, shady or not, who would pay top dollar for giant, unhealthy, likely bees. I don't think insects are made to be that big. Cannot profit off of the babies. In fact, I don't even know how to take care of a child. So if I'm fighting them, I'm fighting the babies. If I'm keeping them, I'll take my chances with the bees. Because, oh, I don't know, if I get stung by one of those, I'm probably going to perish. But isn't that what we all want in the, in the long run? For the long, sweet embrace of peace, tranquility? This is a very dour note to end the episode on. I didn't mean it. For legal reasons, this is a joke. I think I'm going to go back to eating my mac and cheese, play some Oromori, and uh, cry into my dog's fur, because that game is very good, and I want to see how it turns out. Highly recommended that you go and play that game. Don't really have anything else to say. Don't know how this is going to work. I've literally just recorded this by myself by myself in my own room, Zincaster. That works, by the way. I didn't know if you could record by yourself. Because I'm like, who would ever need to record by themselves? Well, maybe if you would do Zencaster on your Xbox and you don't have a computer. Maybe that's the reason why you would record in Zencaster by yourself. Uh, what was I saying? Doesn't matter. This is Nave. Signing off? I don't know. Philip always does the outro. What does he say? Maybe we can answer stupid questions next time? And then I say something like, or talk about horny things. Goodbye. This is awkward because I have to turn the, the episode off. Okay, here we go. Goodbye.